With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome back to the Shades of Blues Soccer Show. Uh, this is the Becky Sauron edition. Uh, Becky, you there? I'm here. It's been a while since we talked. Uh, how has camp been? It's been good. It's been super intense. We got into Kansas City ten days before the start of uh, qualifications, and you know everyone's you know fighting for playing time now that the roster has been named and. But it's good. It's focused. It's, it's it's intense, and we're working on a lot of things. So so far, it's been really great. You mentioned it's intense. Is it? Uh, is there a different mood to camp when you when you know the games are going to have meaning now versus you know a friendly with some random country now? This this is important. I I don't really think so. I think with this team, which kind of makes the team special, is that they really approach every game as a very important game. Um, obviously there's more on the line for this tournament. So I think maybe the preparation goes a little bit more in depth, but I think the intensity and the mentality is usually the same. Usually um, I think for a lot of the friendlies and even for the World Cup, you have a little deeper roster, but for qualifying, it's only 20 players. Is there a, is that change the way you guys practice or approach the game or, I mean. It's, it's interesting because, 
every major tournament has a different roster. So the Olympics is actually, it was only 18, and then you could travel with four alternates. And then the World Cup um, in 2011 was only 21, but they upped it to 23 for next year. So it's funny that 20 is the number for the qualification tournament. So it's it's funny how the rosters, the numbers is always changing. And it, it makes training a little bit more interesting as well because, you know, you've got, two goalkeepers, so 18 players, and it's hard to do 11-11, so we have, um, we brought in some players just to kind of train with us, so it's it's tough sometimes to really fill out all the positions and to have backups in those positions. I, I can see a little bit of your practice yesterday, uh, so I even had some coaches out there running around. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll have um, Tony Gustafson, our assistant coach, or sometimes our equipment manager, Chris will come out and play, so they kind of swap back and forth because it is pretty hard playing with this team. It's very um, high paced, so I think they like to switch off days to kind of like keep their bodies okay. You you wouldn't want to wear out the poor coaches, right? Oh, exactly. I don't want to make them look bad either. <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't mention how how much you uh, outplayed them yesterday when I watched. Um, <laughs> the uh, now we've had the the second season of the NWSL under your belt, and which, by the way, I forgot to mention, you know, NWSL champion Becky Sarban. Um, yeah. <laughs> you've you've had a lot of matches now against uh, your basically your your teammates that you're out there with. Is there, you know, I, I know you have uh, Amy and and Lauren on the on the roster for the national team, but everybody else is pretty much somebody you've been playing against for the last year in two years now is there you know is it this how do you get back to that chemistry how do you get with them and get on the same page as quickly as you would with you know your teammates it's interesting because our I think our national team is very unique compared to other national teams in that we spend a lot of time together even during our professional season so it really doesn't take too much time to get us all on the same page um, maybe the first couple of days, you know, people are kind of still feeling each other out. But it's funny how quickly you go back to those partnerships that you have with the people around you, even if you had been playing against them professionally. It, it's surprising how quickly, to me, how quickly it, it does happen where, you know, I'm playing against Klingenberg, against Houston, and then all of a sudden she's my left back. But really it's like no time has passed because you just kind of understand each other. And I'm not sure where that comes from, but I think most of it's probably instinctual, really. Well, and I know that, you know, a lot of you have played together in the past and stuff like that, uh, but is it maybe in some ways studying them and studying how you how to beat them during the regular season now can make you a better teammate because you know what their strengths and weaknesses are even from, you know, maybe the opposite point of view instead of the, I know I'm working next to them, but trying to break them down makes you even better? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I know, like, going against Kristen Press with Chicago – what makes her so effective against the back line. And so you kind of try to put her into those situations that will make her. I think that's really well said that you do learn a lot more about your teammates when you play against them and what makes them successful and maybe some other weaknesses and how you can kind of avoid those weaknesses. Being back in Kansas City where you, you know, you're the FC Kansas City NWSL national champions, you know, I don't know if I can say that too many times for you. Um, <laughs> Is it good to be, good to be back, uh, you know, where you've uh, been playing club ball? Yeah, it, it was really great. We had um, a two-week break between this last training camp and into the start of this 
pre-tournament camp, and um, I was in Portland, and as we were flying to Kansas City, and, you know, we land in the airport, and it's just so familiar. It's such a, a unique airport. Um, I felt very settled and calm and, and, and relaxed, like I was kind of going home. Um, and that feeling, you know, stuck as we, you know, were at the plaza and um, walking around where we would have post-game food and things like that. So it, it's been great being back and, and seeing familiar faces. Um, Lacto and Hugh um, have been out to a lot of my training, so it, it's fun to talk with them and to see how things are going. And So, yeah, I, I feel really fortunate that, that the pre-camp was here and that the first game will be here. Do you get the opportunity to, you know, tell your teammates where to go for dinner and, you know, go tr- go try this restaurant or any of that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, actually quite a bit. Um, some of us went and got barbecue last night at Jack Stacks, and they, you know, they were thrilled. They thought it was so good. And, you know, people asking places that they should, should go for certain things. And, um, yeah, it's, it's funny. They do really ask Cheney, Rod, and I <laughs> where to go around here. Cool. Um I know you guys have been practicing down at Swope Park. Um, how is it to uh, be down there on the, that championship field and, you know, in that area that's now all new soccer fields and stuff next to sporting? It's a great complex. Uh, I think FC Casey had a preseason match there that the national teamers couldn't go to, um, and they played on that that championship – or, the yeah, the, the practice field, the stadium field there, and – they they really liked it, and then us training there. I mean, it's a beautiful field, and it's a beautiful complex, and you've got grass, you've got turf, and it's it's a great setup for for sporting. I mean, super jealous um, that they have that available to them, and it's fun having to be near sporting as well because they'll you know train in the morning and they're on the other field, and sometimes they'll come watch our practice, and hopefully we'll be able to you know check out one of their practices too. Yeah, when I was there yesterday, I noticed a lot of the sporting players coming over afterwards, and. I was talking with uh, one of the sporting players from Spain, and he's asking me who all you were and which ones were from Kansas City. And so I was pointing you out to him. Um, <laughs> and then uh, a lot of the keepers over there yesterday also watching. Um, and it's a it's a nice complex down there. Hopefully, maybe uh, FCKC can take advantage of that sometime in the, in the near future. Um, yeah, yeah. Kind of along that kind of along that lines though. That field down there is uh, so nice and on grass. And that's been one of the big controversial subjects recently is uh, the the World Cup being played on turf next year in Canada. And I know there's some various uh, legal actions being taken by players from around the world, including some of your teammates and stuff like that. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on, you know, the World Cup being played on turf or, you know, how that should work. I think I think it's absolutely terrible that a world championship would be played on anything but grass. I mean, it is. it makes such a difference between playing on grass and playing on turf, and it just completely changes the game. And you, I don't see any men's tournament ever being played on turf. And the fact that we have to, it just, I mean, the gender inequality in that alone, you know, is huge. And I think it's great that, the, you know, the U.S., and then we've got a lot of players from different countries are coming together, and, and we're trying to fight this, and hopefully, you know, we didn't wait too long, um, and that our lawyers and, and everything will hopefully get get FIFA to do something um, to change it. I mean, we we all know FIFA makes so much money, and I don't see it being too terrible for them to, to change those fields to grass or putting in an overlay or something, because um, it, it is, it's just a terrible thing, and you look at you know, Thierry Henry, who, you know, plays in MLS, and he doesn't even play games 
um, when it's on turf. So clearly you're looking, you, you see that it makes a big difference um, on the bodies as well as, you know, the playing style. So I just, I hope um, that we get the right backing and we get the right decision um, from the Human Rights Tribunal that, you know, they're going through in Canada. Yeah, I would, I, I would hope so too. I mean, I, you know, from, from my point of view, I know turf has come a long, long way from the first time I ever played on it probably before you were born, um, but and it, it's so much better now. But it is still not the same as playing on a on a nice bluegrass field, is it? Uh, no, and, and you're right. There are definitely different, varying degrees of quality when it comes to turf. Um, but it's still it's it's just not comparable to to a nice grass field. And the girls and I were talking today about how amazing the 2011 tournament was in Germany and the stadiums and how pristine the grass was. And then when we went to London for the Olympics and playing in all these amazing EPL stadiums, and it's just, it's such a step down. I mean, it's several steps down and it's just, it's a terrible thing. um, Actually, one of the most interesting ideas I've seen recently was that uh, when a country bids for the World Cup, they bid for both of them and play the, both tournaments in the exact same fields, maybe, you know, maybe a stadium less or something like that, depending on the number of teams and, and, you know, estimated number of fans. But basically you would play maybe the men's world cup and then the women's world cup the following year in the exact same stadiums. I guess the one problem with that would be you wouldn't be growing the game by being in more places, more locations. Yeah. I mean, I I can see both sides to that. Um, Especially if you're having, you know, a major men's tournament in kind of a, a country that let's say like, Cotter or something where are they really going to use those stadiums after the men's world cup um so to be able to be used twice to maybe make more money for that country i could see that um but you're right i think it, it is good to kind of spread them out and to, to grow the game globally i mean that's also really important the um the, the tournament coming up here the qualifying which is the CONCACAF championships also um we have a lot of you know teams from smaller countries in the region coming in and is there uh can you give us any heads up or breakdown on what you expect from some of your opponents? Yeah, I think for the most part, CONCACAF teams play similar styles. I think what we're going to expect is teams to be to stay really compact um, and try to press us on, on certain sides of the field. So it's really going to be up to us to be able to break pressure and then to switch the point of attack. Um, and then to really finish our chances when we get them because an organized team defensively is very difficult to break down, so we're going to have to really capitalize on our chances. And luckily we have, you know, the best forwards in the world, so I have no doubt um, that we will capitalize. But it, it's it's difficult because an organized team, all you know, all on the same page with, you know, very invested in the style and, you know, whatever the coach says, it makes it, makes it difficult. So, um, we're in no way, you know, taking this tournament lightly. So um, we're all really looking forward to the start of it because I think we've been training, you know, as if we're playing CONCACAF teams for a while now. So I think we're really excited to, like, finally put it to the test and see if all that work really is going to pay off. Does, the, uh, does your training really change a lot based upon who you, you think your opponent's going to be? I mean, like you said, the CONCACAF teams play one way, but – um, if you maybe play Switzerland or Germany or China, does it does the the style of your practice change that much based upon who you're going to play, or is it just maybe the tactics of it within that particular you know who you, who you have on the field that day that sort of thing? Uh, it, it's mostly tactics. I, we don't change too much. Um, 
we like to we like to think that you know teams will change to play us, but we also have to be smart about it. And if teams have special players or um, you know one side of the field for them um, creates more than the other side, things like that we need to be aware of. And yeah, we'll work on things in practice just to kind of kind of get the muscle memory of it. You know, switching the point of attack or maybe chipping the ball in into one of our forwards behind their midfield line, like little things like that that you know you can just train in practice so that it feels more natural and you know what to look for in the game. Uh, when I was watching a little bit of your practice yesterday, I, I noticed that's what, that was seemed to be one of the things you were working on was switching from one side to the other and getting getting players upfield on the attack. Um, the uh, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second and got distracted. Okay. Um, <laughs> apologize for that. No uh, that seemed to be one of the things you guys were working on yesterday. Does that seem to be going well? Yeah, it does. I mean, we are blessed with players that can strike, you know, a 60-yard ball on the dime, you know, nine times out of ten, you know, like a, a Lauren Holiday, You know, she can do that all day. It's bread and butter. So uh, it's lucky that we've got a lot of players that can do that. And, you know, now it's kind of working on, okay, when's the time to do that? Um, you can't just start spraying balls just for the heck of it. So, yeah, we've been working on kind of sucking teams over to one side and then, you know, getting a good ball back and then switching the point where, you know, there's a lot of open space and people can start making runs into it. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something that we work on because it is such a, a potent part of, of playing soccer. I know uh, Coach Ellis has spoken about um, basically having players, she she likes to call them more numbers now instead of, like, you know, defined names of where people play or formations and things like that. So it seems to be more of people playing certain roles and it seems like she's looking for Lauren to maybe be a little more uh, defensive midfielder than we've seen her play with FC Kansas City. How is that a fair statement? And if that is, how has she been doing? Yeah, that is a fair statement. She's been playing um, more of a deep-lying role, and it's been going really well. I mean, she's unbelievable as a number 10 like she when she plays with FC Casey, um, but she's also great as a six, which is the defensive center mid role. Um, and that's because she, she gets the ball a lot more, and she's great at finding the right space and the right angles. And so it's easy for me as a center back to find her, and then she can have a little bit more time to play make. And like I said before, she can spray balls wherever she wants to. So it gives her a little extra space to do that as well. And um, Lauren is just such a world-class soccer player, and, and I think you can tell that because she can play you know so many different positions and be so great at all of them. So I think she, she's taken to the, to the role really well. And I think the more she plays there, you know, she'll be world-class, if not already. Has, has uh, Jill changed up, changed your role up any? Or, I mean, center back, you know, the, the best center back in the world, as Waco likes to say. Um, <laughs> and I pretty much agree. But I mean, have you had any role changes in your style? Um, I switched, you know, with FCKC I play right center back um, because I'm right-footed, and, and she switched me over to the left side to try to get a little bit more um, possession out of that side. Um, so now I'm, you know, really having to work on my left foot, which usually is just used for standing. So it's been um, a rough go a little bit, you know, finding, you know, the speed at which to play balls out or, you know, chipping balls into the forwards and, and things like that. But I really, I've been working on it really hard. So hopefully, you know, I'll keep seeing some, some progress there. But um, other than that, no, um, my role hasn't changed. You know, she's asked me to take on um, some organizational, you know, leadership role back there. So trying to move 
the players in front of me, in front of me, you know, to kind of snuff out plays before um, they get too dangerous and things like that. But you know, I mean, that's the same thing that Flacco would ask of me um, with with Kansas City. So it's not too different. Having maybe Lawrence that they're in front of you might make that a little bit easier. Having that relationship with her that you guys have been together for so long now. Absolutely. With, I mean, I think we have a lot of respect for one another, and you know, I love her to death, and I think she likes me a little bit too. So it helps that um, <laughs> with that mutual respect that you know, if I ask something of her, she will do it, and if she asks something of me, I will do it unconditionally. Um, and I think that's you know a super important part of chemistry on, on the team, and. It, it does really help me to have her there. The, uh, one of the things that you've been kind of known for the last couple of years with uh, FC Kansas City is getting forward at the at the right time. Uh, I know that we spoke a little bit during this year. You didn't get as forward as much as the previous year because of the amount of games that were back-to-back-to-back and things like that. But you still had those moments where you just carried the ball forward and uh, got, got the first professional goal, I believe, for this league, first mm-hmm, goal for this yeah. league. Um, uh, and stuff like that. So do you have that same green light with the national team to make that run? I, if, if the time is right and everything's set up perfectly, yeah, I I would have the green light and, you know, the girls behind me would then organize and make sure they had the correct numbers. It's a little bit more difficult um, just with how organized other teams can be. So even when we play an 11 aside against each other, it's very difficult to just kind of like start streaking through the middle of the field because defensively they're stronger, you know, they'll capitalize on the space that I leave behind me. And so it's a little bit more difficult, but I do think that, you know, given the situation, if it should arise, then it would be fine for me to, you know, make a 60 yard run and hopefully put one away. Um uh, I think that's really all the questions I had for you today. Is there any subject I didn't ask you about that I should have been smart enough to today? No, no, you asked me great questions. <laughs> um, let's see. We will be seeing you next week. Um, it, actually, just uh, I guess one one question I had thought about before, but this tournament is a fairly quick turnaround. You play um, here and then two or three days later in Chicago, a couple days later in D.C. There's not a lot of uh, time in between those matches for recovery and stuff. Was, uh, having the shorter ro- or having the 20-person roster, you know, is that going to allow everybody to get some rest and cha- uh, for Jill to change up players? Do you think you guys will be challenged a little bit with that? Oh, it's definitely going to be challenging no matter, you know, if you're playing consistently – you know, every single game, 90 minutes. Um, the fact that, you know, we play our rest day is actually our travel day, which is in no way recovery, um, and then playing that next day. It, it's going to be tough, and it'll be, you know, huge for us and, and being smart and making sure we're doing the right time. And um, I, I'm not sure how Jill is going to go about doing the lineups, um, the starting 11. Um, I think we definitely have the depth to, you know, do completely different teams if need be. You know, we don't have the numbers, but, you know, changing up the, you know, core amount of players. Um, but I'm not sure. She might want to work on conformity, you know, you know, consistency with players and, and partnerships. Or, you know, maybe she's still, you know, wanting to, to plug people in and see how they do in, in those situations. So I'm not sure. And, that's, you know, that's always an exciting part of, of going into these tournaments because you're you, – you're not sure, and you always have to be ready, and if the chance arises and you get the nod, you know, you make the most of your chance. 
being unsure of that help actually uh, make make sure that everybody stays prepared that much more just because you never know if you're going to get that start or even if you think you're the starter, you have to always be that extra prepared because you want to make sure that you don't give anybody else a chance to take your playing time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's tough on a team to find that balance of um, supporting one one another but also competing with someone for a position, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it really depends that no matter what happens, we all have each other's back. Um, and even if, you know, one player gets pulled and another gets, you know, put in, it's it's fine, you know. You're always supportive of one another. But, yeah, you definitely want to make the most of the chances that you get. So you have to be prepared and you have to think that your moment's going to come, you know, and I think that's why this team has gotten, it has the history that it has and, you know, it's the number one ranked team in the world because I think their players, all the players here absolutely want to be playing a hundred percent of the time. And, you know, they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there far hurting one another or, you know, not being a good teammate. Cool. Um, like I said, I didn't want to take too much of your time today, and because uh, I want you to come back and talk to us some more here. Um, maybe, maybe after the uh, group stages, we can get a little bit of time with you before the finals or something, um, or yep. if not after that. That sounds uh, great. Good luck, and, and we will have everybody out there next week to watch as many people as we can, hopefully. Um, any last words for fans in Kansas City or around the world, actually? Well, just come out and see us when we play on the 15th. I mean, it's a, it's a huge tournament, and we don't rarely get to play, you know, CONCACAF tournaments here in the States. So, you know, it's a great chance for you to get a little bit of a taste of what's going to be in 2015. All right. Well, thank you very much, and good luck. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah.